All right, back in the mix. Just got back from San Francisco to Austin, back home. It's great to be back. I didn't realize how much I would miss it. I mean, I had been gone almost a month and a half. And I come back, and it's a cold, rainy night. And it's beautiful. This place is beautiful. I have mixed emotions about Austin, Texas, uh, for varying degrees of reasons, which are my own. I won't share them because they're not really that important. Um, but yeah, it's nice to always come back to your home. It's something that, you know, when you're on the road, you know, there's so much adventure, so many new experiences, so many new people. Um, sometimes you forget what it feels like to come back and, and just have a place that's your own. And it's nice to be, it's nice to be back. Uh, I do like this town. Um, but yeah, so that's that. Back in Austin, San Francisco was great. While I was there, I got to get some interviews in with some amazing people that few that you have already heard, a few that you will be hearing. This one is with Pat McDonald. Uh, also of the band Cool Ghouls. This is going to be a two-part series, I guess. I didn't mention it when I introed the Pat Thomas interview, but this is the Pat versus Pat, the uh, the double interview. Uh, both really cool dudes. Um, two of the main songwriters in Cool Ghouls, which if you guys don't know Cool Ghouls, they're San Francisco, kind of California rock and roll band I guess I mean there's lots of aspects to their music there's a garage aspect there's kind of a country rock there's a classic rock element there's all sorts of things and they just they just make good down home rock and roll so please check them out they got a new record uh, it's called Animal Races Animal Races and it's out now on Empty Cellar Records and you can pick that up so this is my interview with Pat McDonald and his dog uh, Theo that decided to make uh, some brief interruptions well not so brief actually he was kind of fucking around the whole time uh, jingling and he got a little frisky and was trying to play around and his growl he's like a little mini backpack dog and his growl kind of sounds like a weird like a like, like a strange bird ch- choking something it's very hilarious um so that that kind of comes in and out of this uh uh, this interview so bear with us while we deal with that there's also a strange buzz that comes in about three-fourths uh the way through the podcast so guys i'm sorry uh i hope you enjoy it though all right we're here on the couch with my man pat mcdonald hey hey what's up pat not much man how are you? I'm good. I'm, s- I'm sober. <laughs> Bored. Yeah, well, I hope you don't make this podcast boring. Because <laughs> I'm high and I'm about to open a beer. <laughs> Splash my computer with beer. Because I'm reckless. How you been, man? What's been going on? Not much. Uh, we just, uh, you know, we've been back from 
we we were on tour in Europe uh, for a while, and then right before that we were on the West Coast. Um, so just kind of like in rebuilding my savings mode. Yeah, just trying back. to work a lot and and uh, yeah, just kind of back to work, I guess. So for those who don't know, and I doubt any of you know, since I was so vague on the intro. This is uh, Pat McDonald from the band Cool Ghouls, and I had Pat Thomas in here yesterday. So we're going to do a two in a row, Pat versus Pat. <laughs> Pat and Pat. It's like Pete and Pete. Yep. Remember that show? I do. It was a hell of a show. Oh, man, I recently heard uh, the intro. Polaris. That is a jam. It's a great song. It is a jam, and yeah, I was uh, it's a '90s jam. Oh, dude, I had forgotten all about that, and I heard it out of context and didn't realize that it was the Pete and Pete intro. Oh, wow. And I was like, "This song is so great!" And I was like, "Where do I know it from?" And then it was just like, "Oh yeah, Pete and Pete." Yep. Hell of a jam. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if it's going to sound different to people because I actually, uh, for those mm-hmm. out there. Listening, I uh, just had to move the rig to this back room, which is not treated for sound at all. It's like shitty tile floors, glass windows, so it might sound crazy on this recording. Maybe we'll get some weird reverb and it'll sound tripped out. Sounds cool to me. But yeah, so um, back to the point. Um, Pat McDonald from Cool Ghouls, you guys just released the Animal Races record. We did, yeah. How's things been going with that? It's good. Uh, we uh, we got some pretty pretty widespread distribution on this one. Uh, Japan. Yeah, it made it to Japan, um, and we were uh, uh, working in conjunction with a, a label called Melodic Records out of Manchester. Oh, cool. Uh, so so they're had, doing UK? Yep. Exactly. Are they doing, doing Europe, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sick. So it's it's been good. Definitely... Uh, an improvement from the other two. In yeah. All ways. Did, did you guys have European distribution for the first two? Uh, through empty selling. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> but you know, helps to have some actual Europeans. Oh yeah. It. Well, it's it's helpful for I mean, just in terms of like I'm sure shipping all those records for empty seller was just a pain in the ass too. Ex- like exactly. Yeah. It's like. And then it affects people buying them over there because they're super expensive. Because right. you know you got the. Um, What's the taxes or whatever that you got to have in uh, in Europe? Mm-hmm. CET or C- C- I can't remember exactly. If anyone's hearing that little jingle, we got a little Christmas dog in here. <laughs> What's his name again? Theo. Theo. Theo Theodore. Theodore. He's a little uh, swamp rat. <laughs> as cute as a button. But he's with us today. So if you guys hear some jingling, it's not because I got a tambourine in my pocket. <laughs> we got a dog in the house. So, uh, yeah, should we get into this uh, this first track? Yeah, let's do it. Word. So who is this again? This is Labi Safri? I'm not even Sif- entirely sure how to pronounce his name. Um, it looks to me like it's Labi Sifri, but it, I think it could also be like Labi Sif or Sif- something. Sifri? I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea either. I'd never He's heard a- of this dude before. Where'd you find out about this track? He's uh, a Nigerian-Belgian uh, folk singer. And um, uh, I think I think a friend of mine showed me this a while ago. Just sent me like a YouTube link, but uh, I don't know. I thought I thought it was really 
solemn in a in a really cool way and the, the songwriting i think was really clever and it really i i look for that in songs so so it uh it just appealed to me it's been my jam for a while yeah yeah i'd never heard of him but yeah the jam is dope and um it's called crying laughing loving lying is uh yeah sounds a little depressing yeah you know but that's how things go sometimes so here's um la vie free with crying laughing loving lying crying crying never did nobody no good no why I don't cry that's why Sometimes does somebody some good somehow That's why You know, that that track, and uh, I've been saying this a lot in the interviews, I think, but uh, 
a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff from the seventies just has that soundtrack sound. Like that sounds like the intro to a movie. You know, like not the graduate, but like something <laughs> like it. You know, right, right. Like it, like uh, it's kind of you know. I can see the camera kind of panning in a window or something like that with a, when that song is playing. But yeah, you were saying the finger picking on there is uh, makes you jealous. Yeah, I mean that's that. Yeah, that finger picking pattern. Uh, is really cool and really unique to this song, but uh, it, it makes me wish that I kind of spent a little more time and effort trying to learn how to do that because you you know you try to play this song without that finger picking pattern and it's just not gonna work. Yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna have that oomph. You got to spend more time in a field, bro. Yeah, that's where, that's where you learn how to finger pick. <laughs> you got to have a girl there. You got to have a little blanket and. Um, I just practiced some finger picking, dude. I like the way you think. Yeah. Finger picnic. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right. Your little your little toes here, buddy, are making some noise. A little tap noise. dancer. So you're going to have to sit on the couch. Here, stay up here, buddy. Okay. Sorry, man. This is uh, The floor is off limits to you right now. we got no carpet. You're just tap dancing. So the dog is out here tap dancing. He's doing a little strut. Uh, that jam had him moving around. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Um, so this is another one, this next one, I haven't, I've only, you know, a couple of these tracks I know, definitely some of the artists, but this is a track, this next one is one I had never heard before, and I guess it's, uh, the Numero group just released this, um, this year, and it's, uh, Jimmy Carter and the Dallas Country Green, uh, not to be confused with the President of the United States, (laughs) the old President. Not Cheeto Jesus, obviously, but uh, the old. <laughs> have you not heard that? No, that's really good. Yeah, Cheeto Jesus is pretty pretty on point. Um, but yeah, this is a uh, Jimmy Carter and the Dallas Country Green, a night of love. Where where did you hear this track? Uh, this was uh, shown to me uh, by my buddy Nick Barlow. Uh, who do I know Nick Barlow? That sounds you probably recognize him. Uh, uh from uh, Midnight Suns? No, no that's, uh, that's Nick Stockton. Yeah, okay. Also a cool dude. Yes. With great music taste. But this song I would have assumed that that Nick, other Nick, yeah, would have uh would have been into or might be into as well. I'm sure he's probably heard it. If not, he would dig it for sure. But yeah, uh, my buddy Nick Barlow lives down in LA. He lived up here for a while. He's actually my dorm mate in two thousand seven at SF State. Uh, he showed I bet me this. I've met him before. You would recognize him for sure. Yeah. Freckly faced ginger guy. Mm. <laughs> Represent all the gingers out there. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I'm not sure if this was ever released when it was recorded in the '70s. So it's kind of a cool new gem that seems to me that people just are now f- discovering. Yeah, I uh, the cover looks like something that I would look over in a uh, in a dollar bin. You know, like it's right. it's super corny cover, like postcard style. Yep. Like some private press gospel bullshit or something. It's just <laughs> like not not good. You know, like. Um, but yeah, like man, this jam is so. It's pretty dark. Like I don't know if it's like a minor chord thing or whatever, but it's uh it's kind of got a dark undertone to it, and it's just so beautiful. And the guitar work is fantastic. I don't know. There was no really information that I could find on this online. I don't know if it's Jimmy Carter on the playing the leads or if he's just doing the strumming or what, but it's a pretty beautiful track. So let's check it out. Let's check out Jimmy Carter and the Dallas Country Green with A Night of Love. 
so yeah that was uh jimmy carter um june carter's great grandfather <laughs> and the dallas country green a night of love yeah man that song is is so dope dude and it's i love the harmonies on it too it's got that like kind of california like uh it's i guess it's like psych pop kind of thing mm -hmm. like that um what the hell were their damn names uh mama cass yeah yeah uh mamas and papas mamas and the papas kind of exactly vibe but then that like country country rock kind of groove mm -hmm. so yeah that's a that's going in the vaults. Yeah, man. It's it's like the kind of song uh, that I'm always trying to write. It's it's simple. I feel like, you know, in almost every case, the best songs are the simplest ones. Yeah. And like the more stripped down it can be, the better it's going to sound. And that was like Motown's whole motto was K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. And yeah, but I mean, they they did keep it simple, but they also started bringing in like all the orchestral elements of of things. Which I mean, obviously, like the song structures are pop structures, and like you mm -hmm. want to keep it um, palatable for the listener. But I mean, they kind of changed the game in that regard, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, but they always knew, you know, like when was just enough. Yeah, like when they they never put on more than the song needed, you know. What yeah, I mean? and when a song like this, the chord progression's super like Dallas and the uh, Jimmy Carter and Dallas County Green, uh, the the chord pro progression's so simple and the melody is even simpler. Yeah, it's it's almost like, you know, it's like when you hear a song like that, it's like how come this wasn't written years earlier? It just seems like so obvious. Like, of course. This chord progression with this melody would be such a hit. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many elements that go into that, you know, like in terms of just back then when it was like a hit was determined by all the, and not only the music, but just the business aspect, which I guess is right. still the case, but it was a, you know, like now a band can be a hit on the internet and mm -hmm. you got labels knocking down the door because there's a, the exposure. Then, right. like this dude, these guys might have, just written this song, put it out. I don't know if it was a private press or what, or just a, like a, you know, a lot of labels would experiment with things when they knew that it had a sound that was like catching on. And, uh, yeah, it just sounded like it went under the radar, but yeah. it's a banger. Oh, you were speaking of Motown, man. My friend told me the coolest shit. I've never, have you ever been to the Motown museum? No, but that's one place I want to go before I die. Yeah. I, uh, so my friend Jerry, who's from London, was there she went on like a little like couple spots like american like i need to go to these places in america yeah. kind of adventure and she went there and she said that uh it's you know that's the hitsville spot is it's all intact like the old studio mm -hmm. and under the console the recording console you can see that there's a, a hole in the floor from where dudes would be tapping their feet when they uh when we're recording no this, way and they tapped their feet so much that they tapped a hole into the fucking floor. No shit. Which wow. is like, that shit is so cool to me. Yeah. To think about that as a thing, you know? Right. Such a such an interesting little aspect of that place. Wow. That's but really yeah. cool. I've never been there either. I really want to go. Me too. Um, well, I guess, uh, yeah, we can take it up. Let's see. What do we got next? We got uh, little Elmore James. 
Dust My Broom, originally a Robert Johnson track. I believe I'll dust my broom, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some sort of innuendo, I'm sure. <laughs> that sounds like a... Like he's jerking off. That's like a jerk off innuendo, though, kind of. Because you know, all those scenes, they were all innuendo, sexual innuendo. Yeah, yeah. But if he's going to dust his broom, I mean, I guess he's just going to smack it up, flip it, and rub it down. <laughs> but yeah, Elmore James, obviously, like a uh, staple in the. He was Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago staple. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, King of the Slide Guitar is yep. what they called him. Um, I'm not super familiar with Elmore James. I don't have any of his stuff but i've obviously i've heard it on like blues comps and stuff i'm more familiar with a lot of the other um chicago guys but uh i've definitely heard this track and i'm sure most of you guys have out here too but it's still a jam and we're gonna play it because we don't give a fuck did you have anything to say about this track pat uh well uh yeah i mean it's uh I think you really gotta you gotta drink a beer bro you gotta smoke some weight or something <laughs> <laughs> not to question man i know i'm just i'm just fucking with you but it's kind of like i'm all i'm pretty stoned over here i did this the other day i smoked some weed and um aaron deco you know from pal yeah. was over here and um and he didn't smoke because he had to go to work and I got pretty stoned and like I think the interview I feel like I need to be on the same level so maybe <laughs> I should have stayed sober but uh anyhow I can't wait till you're smoking and drinking again yeah me I either. think it's uh I think it's good for everybody <laughs> yeah it'll be fun in January yeah you'll be the only one dude mm-hmm. oh uh before we get into this um Elmore James track I had a theory that I proposed to uh pat thomas yesterday and so i'm gonna propose it to you okay uh so i think the reason why everything's getting so weird is because because short hair pat is now long hair pat and long hair (laughs) pat is now short hair pat and i think you guys flipped some sort of universal polarity fuck dude we threw the universe's chakras off (laughs) yeah you might you might have opened a portal dude fuck pat portal let donald trump in bummer nah he's been here (laughs) I don't think you activated him. I think he's activated by his own ego, obviously. Cheeto Jesus. Cheeto Jesus, man. Yeah, when's that? That's got to be a shirt on like uh, Etsy by the at this point or some shit. Or <laughs> if you find it, let me know. I know, man. I don't know if I can even give it any justice though. Like I'll say it, but I don't think I could rep it. I feel like the more energy you give to something like that, the more power it gets. Right. Which yeah. I I think is weird. Like. He feeds on the attention. Yeah, and I think all the kind of negative attention that the left is giving it right now is not really helping because I feel like it's actually like probably feeding his ego, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. I, I don't know. That's a There's no science behind that theory whatsoever. Yeah. But enough about Cheeto Jesus. Let's get back to Elmore James with Dust My Broom from 1951.
king of the slide. What's up, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice place, dude. I think Chris I'm moving Danzing in. from um, uh, Down and Outlaws is making an appearance, peeping through the wim- window like a creep. He just told me to get out. <laughs> no, he told he told me to get out because I've been in his house for three weeks. And he's oh. like, get the fuck out of my house, bro. Why are you still here? What are you doing? Um, but yeah, man, king of the slide. Definitely. No one no one comes close. That's that's I think that particular recording of the song is my favorite uh blues track of all. Top ranking blues track. Number for, one. That's for a me. hard yeah, I was yeah. just saying, we were saying uh, while the song was playing, I I think mine Smokestack Lightning, which obviously is a generic one, but I think for me that was, I kind of hated Electric Blues for a while. Oh, really? Like, I liked it initially because um, my dad would play a lot of that old stuff um, and, you know, the rock and roll, the, all the white boys that were trying to copy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he would always play Robert Johnson too, and and some of the pre-war stuff. So I got really into the pre-war stuff. It was yeah. like anti-electric. Oh wow! And hater, was, dude. <laughs> just kidding. It was weird. It was a weird thing. I don't know why I was so. I, I just think that the the pre-war stuff spoke to me. It was a little more um, haunted. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, like because of the the time yeah. that it was recorded, it's just like some heavy vibes on that shit and. Um, the electric stuff was a little too, I guess I equated it like with like Stevie Ray Vaughan and shit. You know what I'm I saying? See. So I, I was kind of exactly like, I was kind of like all the corny white dudes that were like copying the electric stuff. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, like I don't really want to hear Muddy Waters right now. But yeah. then I want to hear like some crazy Robert Johnson like mm-hmm. type stuff. You can let him just walk around, man. It's all good. Let him jingle. Right. Who cares? He, ne- he needs to explore. If Usually the people don't like restless. it. If the people don't like the dog jingling around, then they can fuck right off because this is the cutest dog ever. Yeah. He's like a scraggly little Chihuahua Terrier mix. Yeah. And he's just, you know, when those dogs, when do- dogs that just shake all the time <laughs> and just like, oh, God. oh, he's getting frisky. Oh, he's man. To play. <laughs> hey, he's in a good mood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, um, uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> he likes you. Uh-oh. <laughs> Can you guys hear that? It's so cute. Ooh. Oh man. Um yeah, but uh so then it was it was definitely smokestack lightning that got me back and I was just like, Oh yeah, I forgot what I was being I was being so stupid, you know? Like I kinda do that though. I'll like like something a lot and then I'll just be like decide to hate it. <laughs> and then I'll rediscover it and I'll be and I'll be pumped again. It's like I have to like push it away to like appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably cause I play shit out, you know, like mm-hmm. I tend to, when I really like something, it's just like all I want to hear. Yeah. Until you're sick of it. Yeah. And then I'm just like, go away. I don't want anything else to do with it. Speaking of Robert Johnson, you ever, uh, you ever do the thing where you slow down his tracks a little bit? Chopped and screwed. No. <laughs> that, I, that is what, sh- that's chopping and screwing. Well, okay. So there's what, from, this... from a 78, well, <laughs> you it... slow down the 78 to a fucking, uh, 33. I bet that shit sounds pretty sick. Well, actually. there's this theory that, and the, you know, the, it stems from the tunings that he was using. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you listen to the recordings, he's playing a lot of times when he's, he's playing really high up on the neck, mm-hmm. he's playing notes that, uh, 
guitar doesn't reach naturally. Well, so, do you think that's because they recorded it too fast? Exactly. When they were doing it straight to uh, straight to the lathe. Yeah. So so if you if you just turn it down just a little bit, you kind of you actually hear how you, it, you hear how it really sounded. And like the guitar, his voice isn't like super like high pitch and kind of yeah, yeah kind of like whiny like that. Uh, but it's like it's you slow it down, and you're like, okay, this is what he actually sounds like. It's really I wonder. Cool. I actually showed Chris, uh, Chris Danzig, this him and Peter, uh, um, back at Peter's uh, old house. Yeah, uh, a couple of years ago. It's pretty wow. cool. It's pretty cool discovery. I wonder if that is part of the appeal of Robert Johnson was that everyone was like, "Why does it sound this way?" Mm-hmm. You know, because it makes it, it does, spooky. You know, it does. It is. It's real weird, and yeah, it does kind of have that pitch to it. That's. Yep. It's unearthly. Yeah, it's, yeah it is unearthly. Yeah. But I mean, you know, he sold so the devil. You know, mm-hmm. that's a documented fact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been to the crossroads. Have too. you? Yeah. It's, what does it look like? Just an old high, it's it's highway? It's hurt. No, it's not even. It's like, it's like in between like a couple gas stations and like. Oh, so it's it's a proper cutty like yeah country crossroad. Oh yeah, like yeah. cornfields and shit. No, I mean it's like it's in the town. Okay. Um, the town like grew and like enveloped, expanded out. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I mean, it's it's in the hood. For and sure. then the devil went down to Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> so so the old story goes. Dude, your dog is getting buck right now. <laughs> he really he's likes wilding, you. Wilding, man. He's either. I mean, he's he he's really likes you. He's trying to get you. some attention. I think he's trying to like. He might try to fuck to, you. <laughs> I think he's trying to steal your spotlight, bro. I think he might try to bang you in a little bit. But yeah, we'll is see. he trying to hump? Maybe. Oh, little gay dog. Little gay dog. <laughs> How do you like? He usually doesn't straight He's up start so playing with people like that. So, so cute, man. He must be a cool dude. Ah, uh, yeah. I do like. I do like animals. I. I wish I could have a dog, but it's. I'm so like, moving around all the time. Mm-hmm. Not not responsible enough for that. Yeah. It would be cool to live in a van and just have a dog. That would be yeah, cool. Roll dog. Proper roll dog. You you done yet, dude? Or are you still trying to while out? All right. He's know. taking, Theo's taking a break. So we're going to play another jam. Uh, keeping it on a bluesy tip. Well, blues country. This next track is uh, Ray Charles, What Am I Living For? Which I remember, this is one of the first Ray Charles records I got was the country Ray Charles. You know, oh, really? obviously I knew, I knew Ray Charles is... <laughs> <laughs> I knew Ray Charles's um uh, R and B stuff and the early soul stuff, but mm-hmm. uh not the country music. He's a talented dude, man. Yeah, man. Man, this dog is wilding right now. <laughs> that little growl. <laughs> you done yet, bro? No, he's not done. All right, guys. So we got Ray Charles, What Am I Living For? Coming up next. Uh, we're going to see if this dog will cool it for a second. Uh, or I'm going to have to give him the 86. All right. You chill? You chill, bro? You chill? Huh? There you go. All right. So this is uh, Ray Charles with What Am I Living For? What 
tell me what I'm living for If not for you Girl, what am I living for If not for you Yeah, I think that uh, that Elmore James got the dog riled up, man. He, he doesn't look like a blues lover, but yeah, new to me. You can never uh, really judge a, a book by its cover. It's in the a little country, slow country jams settled him right down. Mm-hmm. He's been a good boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ray Charles said this. Uh, he he's got this quote uh, that really like forever changed the way I look at this kind of music. Uh, and, uh, it was, uh, blues and country Western just aren't cousins. They're blood brothers. Oh yeah. Which, uh, you know, for me, like to think about it in that way, it was like this epiphany, like it clicked, Mm -hmm. uh, and I get it. And he's right. There's a really good book, um, that I read a few years back and I can't remember the name, but it's all about the crux of country Western and, um, R and B. 
in Tennessee, like mm-hmm. where they kind of coexisted and where rock and roll came from with, because of the mix of those two sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it was just like poor white folks and poor black folks were close to each other. Yeah. And the sounds kind of, and obviously like, you know, rockabilly was just white boys trying to sound like Chuck Berry. Yeah. And, exactly. you know, and Chuck Berry took those sounds, those two sounds, country, Western and R and B and put them together. And, there's rock and roll, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yep. At least that, that, that genre. And then, you know, obviously you got Elvis. It's like, and, and when you listen to it more and a lot of people want to say, Oh, like white folks like stole black music and stuff. It's like, no, they just were like around each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then there was a mutual appreciation and you could see, especially as it grew, like there was just, it's just a been an intermingling kind of thing. Um, obviously like, you know, rich white people capitalized on it totally but that's not the artists yeah yeah and uh yeah i mean they just those two genres really borrowed from each other yeah know? and in doing so like you just said you know created Spawned the whole thing exactly i uh Rock i mean was born yeah i mean it's to me it's like ike turner is the god of that you know because Obviously, the was it the Rocket uh, 88 or whatever, the first documented rock and roll track. I can't remember if it's like Rocket 88 or Rocket 66 or it's oh, Rocket cool. something. I don't think I've, I don't think I'm familiar with that one. Yeah, but I think it was recorded at Sun's Records, Sun Records and Ike Turner played guitar on it. Like, guys out there, the factoids that I'm spitting out, and you should know this for future podcasts, past podcasts, current <laughs> podcasts, I'm not fact checking any of this. This is all shit that's filtered through my shitty brain that I've read over the years. So, so like any, any fact check, you know, hit it in the comments and be like, Hey, you're completely wrong about this. I did the Google search. Um, shut up and, uh, I'll, uh, I'll do a little more research this time or for the next one so I can become a better podcaster. But, uh, yeah, that track, which is, you know, supposed to be the beginning of rock and roll or whatever. Ike Turner play guitar on and obviously early, like Tina stuff is hugely, you can hear the rock and roll elements. And then also like later in their career when you could hear that he was kind of trying to adapt back some of the like more like credency kind of sounding like swamp rock kind mm-hmm. of vibes. And, and so to me, Ike Turner is like the God of that, of those marriages in my mind. I don't know if that's, you know, documented proof, but. I stand behind it. Right on. I'm going to check that out when I get home. Dude, Ike. For a piece of shit human being, God yeah. damn, he was a fucking... Well, most of these... Dude, like, you got to think about it. Most of the old blues dudes were piece of shit human oh, yeah. beings. Most people that make music uh, that people revere in history were mostly Kinda piece of shit human beings. Yeah. Because yeah. they're crazy. They're yeah. fucking egomaniac fucking... You know, especially when they get, like, all this, like, fame and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then drugs come into play. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, they're just... They're and just humans. There's... With flaws. Yeah, you taking taking a consideration the times too, or mm-hmm. rich, different you know, times. Every male is a misogynist, like, oh, and they, yeah. they all the songs like "Under My Thumb," for example, or well, what have you. It, man. It's <clears> just, <throat> I mean, that's just what I mean. Rock and roll was; it was a male dominated thing, and I exactly. mean, it still is. Yeah, um, I mean, mostly. Obviously, you got like uh, was Big Mama Thornton, mm-hmm. Hound Dog. I mean, there was obviously there was. Women were there, but for the most part, yeah, it's been male dominated, and uh, yeah, for the for quite some time, males have been pretty shitty, and they continue to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, moving on down the line, 
I think we got a little, speaking of white boys wishing they were black, Shadows of Night, yeah. the track <laughs> Willie Jean. These guys were definitely like the blues. I love these guys. Like mm-hmm. I remember hearing their version of Gloria, which I guess was their biggest hit. Yeah. Um, and just kind of like, wow, I might like this better than the them version. It's a great version of that song. It really is. Um, but they're definitely this, this fucking white as bone. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's what it was. I mean, and and I think they were American, and so the the crazy thing for me is like seeing how you know England took black music mm-hmm. and kind of made it their own, and then all the white kids in America started copying the uh, the white guys making black music. And then started discovering that, oh, this is old blues music. Yeah. This is in our backyard. Yeah, because, I mean, the English, they didn't have the same racial context. You Mm -hmm. know, it wasn't, there wasn't that history in the UK of, like, slavery to that degree. So, and and segregation and all that. So, they were able to just appreciate the music for what it was. There Mm -hmm. wasn't that, like, that racial context. And so, I think by doing that and then it coming back to America... um, I think that that did actually help open up an aspect of like race relations in America because all these young white kids were starting to be like, well, all this music that I love is just black music. Why is this ideology that I've been taught to like hate these people? It just doesn't make sense to me anymore. Exactly. And I think that it did really help usher some change. I might be over romanticizing it to a degree, but uh, I mean, I, I feel like that's probably an aspect of it. Absolutely. Which is a really fucking awesome thing. Yeah. The double filter, you know, that it, that, that music went through, I think, really helped. Same thing happened with electronic music, which is funny because, you know, that really? shit all came from, like, Chicago and Detroit. And then the English took it. And then the whole world ran with it. Uh-huh. And then it came back. And now, like, there was always an underground scene of, like, dance, electronic dance music in um, in America. But now it's be, it's mainstream again. Yeah. And that was because of the filter through the UK onto the world and then back. It's just kind of funny how those cycles kind of, you see those cycles like kind of like yeah, repeat. Right. But anyways, that's my, uh, that's my rant again. I'm stoned guys. So I might be getting <laughs> a little heady. Um, but, uh, we're going to go into this mellow jam by the shadows of night. Willie Jean. Yeah. 
That was Shadows of Night with Willie Jean. Obviously, a more mellow track than I'm used to from um, from Shadows of Night. A lot mm-hmm. of their up up jump the blues kind of vibes. I really enjoy. Um, they did a version of Smokestack Lightning, didn't they? Uh, I I bet wouldn't they be, did. I wouldn't be surprised. I, yeah, I think they did. I think it was on the Gloria record, but I can't remember. I found that I found that record in uh, South Carolina. I had I was driving up from Atlanta to Asheville and I um I uh stopped just randomly saw a Goodwill stopped in and that record was in there just everything else is like Barbara Streisand like <laughs> shitty private press like country like actually there's probably some good shit in there and then like beat up copies of whatever and then in there was like a fucking mint copy of the Gloria record by wow. Shadows of Night so that nice. was that was definitely one of my best record scores uh, mm. in a random spot, you know? Yeah. Most of the time, you don't really find a lot of cool shit in, in thrift stores like that. Yeah. <clears throat> it, uh, it'd be cool to have... I forget which name of the album that has Willie Jean on it, but it'd be cool to have... I think it was a single, and then it was re-released, if I remember from the Wikipedia page. Yeah, here it is. I'm still on it, because I was in the process of doing the research uh, a little late. <laughs> and only got as far as this track. So other than that, we're going to be just talking shit. So Backdoor Man, another hilarious mm. innuendo, um, <laughs> was the record, I think, that that was around. So that was like 1966. And now my internet doesn't work out here. So... The world may never know. Yeah. You guys out there are going to have to Google for yourself to find that track. That song, uh, it's Willie Jean is, uh, it's like an old folk song. Mm-hmm. Uh, there it's, you know, it's one of those songs where the, the creator is lost to time and it's been covered and it's been called so many different names and it's, you know, there's so many different verses and different versions of the lyrics and stuff. But I think, that by far is the best recording that at least that I've been able to find of it. But it's just sort of this mysterious. It's one of those mysterious old American folk songs. Just a folk, just yeah, folk song. Origin unknown. Uh, and it's it's so. I feel like that song is so unlike Shadows of Night. It's it's almost like hearing a different band entirely. You know, 
I I think you're right, but also like they do have a few slower tracks. There's one that's I think it's the I think it's the B side of the original Glorious single, and it's called Dark like Side. Dark Side. Yeah, that's a and great that's one. another one that's like I love the garage shit. Like when they tried to get tender and did yeah. it right, because a lot of like the garage tracks, the A sides or whatever, will be pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. But when they do it, do it right, it's like. It's definitely the song that they'll like put on at like the high school dance to like and then like play to the girl like in the yeah. front row. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's like right. Give them the bedroom eyes. Give them the uh, the old Brian Jones eyes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's a dope track. And uh, yeah, we could go with uh, something a little more upbeat next. Which man, I had I think I've heard this Canned Heat song like once or twice, but I never have owned it i got a, a few of their records but poor moon is the cut and the lyrics on this what does he say about your face he's like destroy your face destroy your face it's it the song and it doesn't rhyme it's just a weird like yeah it's kind of like a that style style of lyric it's almost like it was way ahead of its time to do that mm-hmm. for sure this song is so bizarre it is one of the weirdest songs i've ever heard and it's 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 got it's just got this like really it's got spooky. that whoop, 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 whoop. Well, they're doing something weird in the background yeah they're like going like or something weird like that but it's this song i heard this and i was like what the fuck is this like, i've never heard a song heat, like man. this before it's just those guys were on another level for sure they must have been fucking sky high when they wrote this yeah i feel like they definitely were probably taking a lot of speed Oh uh, yeah, positive. A lot of biker speed. These guys, <laughs> these guys were definitely Bikers. chilling with the the Hell's Angels, you know, like <laughs> for sure. They for were sure. definitely around because I mean that was those guys. All the hippies were hanging out with the Hell's Angels, like because yeah. it was yeah, all just weird. yeah. Well, I mean, hippie police force. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some unfortunate aspects of that, yeah. but um, yeah. I I mean I think it was just outcasts, you know, mm-hmm. and they they had that rock and roll and drug kind of connection and yeah they had that in common yeah they were just outcasts yeah my dad said uh back in the day the the rumor on the street about canned heat was that they were all cops they got fired canned heat and they were just like fuck this and then they you know took the alternative lifestyle really that was that was the rumor hmm yeah did you so your your dad grew up like around the Bay Area in the um in the sixties? Yeah. He was, was he in San Francisco? Yeah. Uh he was born here uh in the sunset, just like every other Irish kid. Mm-hmm. And then uh uh with the GI Bill is my grandpa moved them all to uh Menlo Park. And uh yeah, he's he lived here his whole life. What's the craziest story that he's told you about living here in the sixties? <clears throat> I know you got a couple in the Well, vault. See the thing is like when all the hippie stuff was going on, he was in Vietnam. So like, oh, he was yeah. in the war proper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So his his crazy stories are from Vietnam, um, but he was, you know, he, my dad, like you know, playing the first three seconds of any song, like from the sixties or seventies or fifties, mm-hmm. and he'll name it and he'll name the fucking year too. Does he have a crazy record collection, or is he... Um, no, he was a radio guy. He was a radio guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I guess that's kind of all you had to do over there was like, you know, you're listening to music, smoking weed, and trying to wait. That's... Yeah, exactly. Trying to be like, when is this shit going to be over? Yeah. And I can't had, even imagine that. They had the reel-to-reels, and they would just... They would trade 
real reels and like you know uh copy songs from each other's uh albums you know on those big yeah that's how they things. that's how they would listen to to music over there was the reel to reels and yeah, radio that's what they use yeah the Whoa. radio and the, and the reel to reel and um yeah, smoking a bunch of weed. They said my dad said they called it Cambodian Red. Was Cambodian. the name of the weed over there? So uh, what about yeah? Like they used to have all the crazy names. Like uh, what was it like Acapulco Gold and like Thai <laughs> Stick and like all that corny like Cheech and Chong kind yeah. of shit. That's so funny, man. Yeah. But, uh Yeah, I mean that the music was was a big part of being in Vietnam. Even before he left, you know, music has always been big for my dad. He was never like, he never got like, you know, he was never like a far out hippie, like living mm-hmm. in a commune or he wasn't like a, a hate street guy. He was a practical you know? hippie. Well, like he, I mean, he was, he was a baby boomer and then, but he was also, he got drafted. So he kind of had a lot of decisions made for him, you know? Yeah. That's so, wild, man. Yeah. Thinking about the draft is a crazy thing. Like, I guess, there was was there a draft during the first Gulf War? Do you know? I don't know if there's been a draft since Vietnam. I don't think there was. I, I think the first Gulf War was was volunteers. Fuck man. I don't know when they got rid of the draft, but I'm I would guess it was probably shortly after Vietnam. That is just some crazy shit. Yeah, it's weird to think about. Yeah, that that was a th- that could have happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you think about like any people like within our age group, like could just have not have been here, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, I'm 27 at this point I would have been like, okay. When my dad was 27, he was already seven years a veteran of the Vietnam war. He'd already been back seven years. You know, that's some crazy shit to think about. That is some shit. No one should have to grow up that fast. And I I think about that, like people like in war torn countries and shit like that. It's like all these kids, it's like, they just have this, reality shoved at them so quickly which is just so unfair man mm-hmm. it's so unfair i yeah. fucking hate that i mean all over the world obviously in impoverished areas yep um sorry to bring it down to that level y'all <laughs> it's a great track this this poor moon it's, it's it gonna is weird, it's gonna weird you out you'll see fuck war let's listen to can heat Gasping, oh, well. 
Shout out Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. Uh played this in the van while we were driving. We were I think we were somewhere either in New Mexico or West Texas. And it was uh kind of like late evening twilight. And this this song came on and it was just the right atmosphere and we've been driving forever and ever. Oh yeah, no, that was it. We were driving from um we drove I'm pretty sure we drove from San Antonio all the way to fucking Denver in one straight shot. Whoa. Yeah, it was all Alex, too. Alex, our drummer, for whatever Slash reason. Slash driver. Yeah, wanted, wanted to do it. We tried to swap out with him, but he was he was feeling it. So it was like 14, 15 Did hours. Did some blow at the show before? <laughs> I don't think so, at least. He's um, like, yeah, this girl just gave me some speed. I'm ready to go, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were, we were somewhere in the desert in between those two cities and... Uh, it was just so surreal and the song so freaky it is man and that's i feel like a lot of canned heat especially they're more upbeat it is like in my mind you think of it as like you're driving like it's driving music it's Mm -hmm. like it and it i guess it's like maybe it's a byproduct of like 50s car culture and stuff and like this expansive highway system and and like that was such a huge part of america and then you get um shit like with like again like the hell's angels and motorcycle culture and like Mm -hmm. this california culture of like easy rider easy rider yeah you're like you're you're going on the road uh, you're the band's going on the road you know that's such an aspect of being in a band is just driving down the fucking highway yeah that like it makes sense their music makes sense in that aspect. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's amazing driving music. Going up on the country, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the... <laughs> yeah, but Canned Heat, they're definitely one of my faves, man. They're great. And I love it, like, it's the fat dude singing, right? I think, well, the weird, like, Weasley voice, I think is the tall, skinny dude. The but they're like... I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like the and he, they all had like nicknames. Yeah, and this was either like burger, the hamburger, rat or the snake, or like one of those. And then, <laughs> but then the the big dude, I think I forget. I think it was like the bear or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and 
he's he's got like the raspier voice. He sung like uh uh let's get together. Okay. Stuff like that. All right. Or let's work together. Sorry. I was just imagine the fat guy singing with that voice. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even know. I mean, I've seen footage of them play before, like on YouTube and shit. But uh, it's just always in my mind. It's the fat guy with a because I just like that image of yeah. like a old, big old gr- grizzly fat guy singing with like a funny voice. Pretty like that. pleasant to think about. Yeah. Um. Well, shall we? Uh, shall we go country? Let's do it. She's gone country. Look at them boots. so yeah this is gary stewart she's dude this is and she's acting single in parentheses and i'm drinking doubles yeah all right so i think this is the but well besides the ray charles this is the first playlist that uh we've had country on i think proper country oh yeah on which i think yeah, probably. I can't remember. But um, I love this honky-tonk shit, man. Me too. I grew up, I remember, um, you know, I, I was getting into like Johnny Cash and, and that kind of thing, the more <coughs> generic shit. And then mm-hmm. my stepdog, stepdad gave me a Waylon, Best of Waylon nice. CD for like, yeah. I don't know, it was probably like an 18th, 19th birthday. And I remember that shit just changed the whole game. Oh, yeah. I was like. That's great. It just changed the whole game. And then, you know, from there on, I was like, really like, okay, let me really investigate country. And then, um, where are you going, bud? You get, trying to get on the computer? You going to do an email? <laughs> uh, but yeah, from there on, it was like really like looking at, especially like all that stuff that was going down in um, Bakersfield and, mm-hmm. and yeah, Fuck. just that. It's, it's, it's definitely like, a byproduct of like outlaw country, but it's more that honky tonk kind of we've, we've settled back in kind of country. We're not as much of an outlaw anymore. We right. we had our outlaw days <laughs> yeah. and now we're, we're r- wrangling it back in yeah. and looking for someone to settle down Sitting with down at the bar. Yeah. But, uh, this is definitely, how, where'd you hear this track? So we were, uh, introduced to this song in Brussels, uh, when we were on tour. Interesting. Yeah. We, we, uh, played a show with, uh, these dudes, wooden Indian burial ground. It was awesome. I played a show with them in, um, like St. Louis randomly. Oh yeah. Met those guys. Right yeah. On. Yeah. They're nice guys. Yeah. We had a hell of a time with those dudes. Good band too. Yeah. Oh, they're great. Um, and super friendly dudes. And we ended up shout out wooden Indian burial ground. Yes, sir. What up? So it was Dan from wooden Indian burial ground, the drummer, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about country and stuff and he was like, yo, check this one out and play this for us and, and play it for me and Ryan specifically first. And just, it just like floored us. It's so good. And in the best, like, like I love the, the cheese in, in country tunes like this. I know, man. Even the title is, the title. Just, it's, it's so classic. clever, you know, it's so clever. And that's what I've even like, I still enjoy about contemporary country is that even though I, I think it's cornier and mm-hmm. I, I, and there's some good stuff, but the, the <clears throat> songwriting and like, there's a lot of like play on words, songwriting, mm-hmm. innuendo, um, like they'll usually, they'll like flip the script kind of maybe near the end or like there's, a, there's always a sense of like 
tragic comedy yeah. in it, you yeah. know, which is <laughs> right. like, yeah, that's a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. And I've always loved that about country music. And this, I think this is a perfect example of that. So, um, let's check it out. So this is uh, Gary Stewart with, she's acting single and I'm drinking doubles. I've seen men look at her before And they think I don't see I'd like to think it makes me proud But I'm only fooling me I know she'll be looking back The minute I'm not there While she pours herself on some stranger I poured myself a drink somewhere She's acting single I'm drinking doubles I hide my pain I drown my troubles If I ask who that stranger was She'll just say an old friend I'm not weak, I tell myself I stay because I'm strong The truth is I'm not man enough To stop her from doing me wrong So yeah, Gary Stewart, she's acting single. I'm drinking doubles. This is your future karaoke jam. Oh hell yeah! As soon as, as soon as I find a spot that has this in the book, I'm gonna sing the fuck out of it. Yeah, I only do country at karaoke. Oh yeah. Yeah, I always do Mama Tried, obviously. Nice. Cause that one, that one rings That's true. That's a good one. That's a. Good I mean, one. it's a classic, and it's it's definitely a good karaoke one. Um, and then what else, what else will I do sometimes? You know, I actually, this is kind of a cheat, but since it's, um, a Rolling Stone song, but, um, Dead Flowers, actually, no, oh, yeah. is it a Towns Van, did Towns Van Zant write that song? I don't think so. I think, I think that's, I think Keith Richards wrote that. I... No, no, it was Keith. Cause I remember reading about how Mick Jagger was like frustrated that they were, Doing country, yeah, and because he, he was like his whole thing was like I'm a blues singer, I'm not a country singer, and and then that's why in the beginning Nick. you can tell he's like doing his best worst 
American Southern accent. Well, because he's but, like doing it as a fuck you to Keith. Yeah, but he also just, I mean, if you really listen to the sounds, like this motherfucker is singing in a different voice every song, pretty much. He's like trying to find this like American blues voice. Mm-hmm. And he's got his own voice, which yeah. is crazy because, you know, he definitely in some songs he hits it. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, especially, like, when they were going into this era in the 70s and stuff, like, mm-hmm. he was trying a lot of different things. Right. He was, you know, he's he had a stable career and he was still trying to find his voice. Right. But, yeah, maybe maybe uh, Towns did a version of this and that's what I'm thinking of. That's it. cool. I'm going to have to look that up because I bet he'd do an awesome version. Yeah, he did. Uh, Towns Van Zant included a version of this song on his album of live covers, Road Songs. Wow. I'll have to check that. Sweet. New Riders of the Purple Sage covered the song. Weird. <laughs> that is weird. Gilby Clark. Ooh. Ooh. Axl Rose. Ugh. On his first solo album, Pawn Shop Guitars. Bumming me out. Yeah. Steve Earle plays it. Gigi Allen covered it. What? <laughs> and it's live and a live record. No fucking way. Yeah. Oh man. Jerry Lee That's Lewis. Nuts. Whoa. Jerry Lee Lewis too. Wow. In released a version of the song on his 2010 album, oh. Mean Old Man. Yeah. I don't mean Old Man is what it's called. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my god. Oh wow. San uh, Francisco. Six organs of admittance. Admittance have uh, covered that song too. I don't That's think cool. I know those guys. Yeah, they're a local band. They kind of do like a weird, like freaky, folky kind of thing, I think. Cool. I haven't listened to them much, but uh, I've heard a few. Um, but yeah, so that's another, it's not technically a country song, but it kind of is, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's another good karaoke song. Definitely. You know? What's in your karaoke, like, you got oh, a couple top karaoke shit, jams? Hell yeah, I do. What do you um, got? Okay, well, first I'll say, I think this is the best one I've been able to think of so far. Stop eating shit on the floor, you dummy. You're going to barf. Um, uh, if you dude, if you want to bring the house down, I'll fill you guys in on my little secret weapon here. King's Harvest, Dancing in the Moonlight. All right. Yeah. Yeah, people people will go nuts for that. Dancing in the Moonlight. Yeah. Everybody. I always thought that was Van Morrison. Mm-mm. King Harvest. That's like one of those things It's like America Like you'll hear America And be like Oh wow What's up with this Neil Young song Like oh no it's a, That's a horse with no name I thought was Neil Young For Till I was like 25 Hey that makes a lot of sense uh, Yeah But maybe Maybe because I mean Van Morrison's got that Moonlight uh, Mystic Moonlight Or whatever What's the name of that uh, track um, Magic Moonlight Fucking I feel stupid For not knowing this uh, Don't worry It's just a Van Morrison song <laughs> Oh, the rest of my band's gonna hate me for not knowing this. Well, you know, you know that's. I was telling, um, I was telling somebody the other day. I was like, that's how I knew I was getting old. Oh, I was telling Pat. I was telling uh, short hair Pat. See, <laughs> man, everyone's confused. Um, that that's how I knew I was getting moon old. Dance. With Sorry, moon dance. Thank <laughs> you, thank you, moon dance. But that's how I knew I was getting uh, getting old. Is like I was like, like the Eagle song. Oh, dude, I love the Eagles. But <laughs> it was Take It Easy. So yeah, it's not technically great. an Eagles song. 
It's it's a uh, well. I mean, they did a cover, but it's a Jackson that? Brown. Oh, that's why it's so fucking that's good. It's good. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, but that was another thing. It was like my dad used to rock Van Morrison all the time. I talk a lot about my dad. My dad had great musical taste when I was growing up, so I'm gonna brag on him a lot because he informed a lot of my musical taste. Dads are cool, man. Dads are cool as fuck. And he, uh, yeah, my mom was cool too because she was listening to a lot of like current, like um, R and B music from the '80s, like a lot of like uh, freestyle and. Um, boogie kind of funk and that mm-hmm. kind of thing after they separated and then my dad you know he was really into rock and roll so as the rockers aged yeah as he aged and the rockers age he would still roll tough with him like he would he really liked van morrison solo stuff and like uh lou reed solo stuff right on. and yeah he would always play van morrison and i was like why and then i heard them mm-hmm. and i was like yeah wait a second oh yeah this is Van Morrison. Mm-hmm. You see him looking all tough on little short motherfucker, all tough yeah. on the covers of the records. And you're like, damn, Van, what happened? Such a badass voice. And then I got older, and was like, yeah, okay, I, I fuck with Van Morrison. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, but, but, it, he's got some jams. But Van though is they're one of the best rock and roll bands of all time for oh, sure. Yeah. Have you heard that Goodbye Baby track? I think it's the B side off Brown Eyed Girl. I don't think so. Actually, it's a it's like a funk groove kind of jam. Goodbye, or baby. Bye, bye, baby. Or goodbye, cool. baby. Um, I guess I'll have to check it out. Dude, yeah, I'll, I'll play it for you after this. Sweet. But yeah, sorry guys, I was just trying to Google something. I was trying to multitask. You know, take it easy is another good karaoke song too. Yeah, that that would be a good one. That's a <laughs> we were talking about. How that music is just like such cocaine music, and that was like yeah. the come, that was the come down song. It's like take it easy. <laughs> he fucking did too many lines. That's Have you heard about that shit where it's like that Neil Young uh, live um, footage? It was like a live performance with the coke rock. In yeah, I've heard about this. That was at uh, the last waltz. It was at Winterland, which was the place that used to be across Geary from. The Fillmore. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where it was. Where Boom Boom Room is now? Yeah, or like, it, well, there's, other there's side like apartments there now. But Gotcha. But got, right like Caddy there. Corner kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, and that's where that was from. I haven't actually seen the nugget myself, but... but yeah, I heard uh, they had to like go in and paint every film cell that's to get the too, fucking yeah. rock out of his nose. That's the funniest shit is like that, Cal- that Southern California thing where it was like all those guys were started making this more mellow tender music less rock and shit yeah but they were just doing the they most were, blow they were jacked that's so weird <laughs> yeah it's like, <laughs> that's so funny man yeah think about that maybe they were just drinking like drinking a lot of red wine yeah wine coolers and just fucking wine and coke baby railing them yeah whoo tight let's kick it with those dudes sometimes i know man they like to party um so yeah we're gonna take it to the left field right now with this Clara Rockmore track, The Swan, where I've never heard of this in my life. Um, obviously, like back in the day, there was a lot of weird, like novelty synthesized kind of music coming out. And so she's like a theremin mm-hmm. god, right? Goddess. Yeah, she was, as far as I know, which isn't all that much, she was hmm. like the chosen one for the theremin. And yeah. She's like, people kind of use it as like this, like really experimental or like spooky sound but mm-hmm. she took it really seriously oh dude i mean her she's right in there mm-hmm. like her sense of pitch is insane oh yeah and it's crazy to watch somebody play theremin too because it's just you just move your hands mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you don't really touch wild. nothing. I remember I never knew what a theremin was, and then I was just at a house party one time. It was like a dinner party kind of, and this girl in Asheville, uh, where I'm from, she just had a theremin randomly, and I was like, and I was like, what the hell is that thing? And she's like, oh, it's a theremin. It's a musical instrument, and it was the first time I had ever encountered one. It was mm-hmm. in like late teens early 20s or something and it just blew my mind You're crazy and it was like before play. i knew like what a synthesizer was or any of that shit and uh or had any context to like synthesized music and yeah it was, it was just insane it's so weird mm-hmm. i can't imagine playing one of those things live me either you I, know like i would imagine there'd be like there's gotta be like issues with feedback or like some kind of shit like that it seems like it would be like a f- like fickle instrument to like try to get to yeah it seems right. tricky um, it's definitely hard to play i've tried yeah i um i feel like my sense of pitch is okay enough to where i mean i don't really i don't know what notes are what but i know that like you know when, it's when right. they're there you know yeah. and um yeah i feel like uh i feel like it's something that i want to add to the repertoire for sure or at least like get it get a theremin on a record at some point you know you kind of make a Moog sound like a theremin a little really? bit. Yeah, because if you are if you pitch bend, you know what I'm saying? Like you um, can do kind of the pitch bend thing and get the wobble. Yeah, yeah it's not going to sound exactly like it. But um, yeah, so I wish, sorry guys, I didn't do as much research today because I was a little rushed. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I didn't get to do the research on this young lady as I'd like, but you know, Google's right on your, uh, right on your pocket. So if you want to check it out, check out Clara Rockmore, the Swan, this is her track, the Swan, and it's pretty haunting and incredible.
Yeah, just talking about taking some sober time because Pat's Pat's on a sober month. I was just saying, dude, like literally three days, and I'm like, get the shakes. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucked up. Yeah, I tried to just buy a shitload of weed while I was here to um, kind of just be stoned Mm -hmm. because I don't really need to drink. Yeah, if I'm stoned. Yeah. But, um, but no, like, you know, like, it's like, yeah, I'll just smoke weed and like work on music. And then it's like, it's just so unrealistic because you get here and it's like all the homies are like, come to the bar and have yeah. a drink. Like, let's go to a show, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, I'll just get stoned. And you get there and it's like, want a shot? And you're yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, not going out is definitely a good look. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's tough, but you got to do it sometimes. Yeah, I think uh, Jesus Sons are playing tonight. Oh, oh yeah, I yeah, I saw a post on that. Yeah, I want to. I want. I haven't seen them. I don't think I've ever seen them live. I know a couple of the dudes, and I've I got some records, but um, they're a dope band. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that kind of like country rock kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but where where did you where did you first hear about this Carla Rockmore? Uh, we. It was it was a pretty cool uh, setting to hear this song for the first time. We were playing, I think it was our second to last. Oh no no, it was our very last show in uh, on our Europe Europe tour. We were in uh, Lausanne. How was uh, that, by the way? It's like one of the best things I've ever done in my life. It's great over there, huh? Yeah, it was it was such a good experience, and this. Song in a lot of ways was kind of like the bow tying it all up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played this very strange show in Switzerland, Lausanne, uh, with uh, Eric, who runs uh, Mississippi Records out of Portland. Oh, wow. and who, man, I he's such an interesting dude, and his story is so cool that would be like a podcast on its own. But sum it up, he's got great musical taste, and he he in a lot of ways picks up where Lomax left off in terms of like finding and recording or, or, or re-releasing recordings of folk music mm-hmm. stuff that you just don't find yeah without Eric. yeah mississippi is pretty crazy yeah for example uh one like the kind of cool shit that he does he found abner jay's trailer which is where he played all the shows he would pull mm-hmm. up to bigger shows park his trailer and play out of his trailer he found his trailer tracked it down in a field in georgia just sitting and after that was also one of his last shows on his big like two month tour world tour mm-hmm. he went to go get that trailer and moved it to portland and and now it's at a shop whoa yeah and it's a free stage for anybody to play shows anytime they want to wow it's just open for people to use. yeah the real That's fucking trailer cool. so that kind of stuff anyways so he had this whole presentation about what he does and why it's important. And so, what, 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 in what context was this? Was this at the show? Yeah. So the show was. Was he like doing a DJ set or? Uh, yeah. He he DJed uh, after everything, mm-hmm. but he gave this presentation on what he does and the kind of music he works with, mm-hmm. discovers or rediscovers, and uh, and we played too. Uh, to you know, to we it was just it was just a. The, gotcha. two, the two of us and um yeah there's weird show setups like in that in europe sometimes yeah it's like they curate them strange over mm-hmm. there sometimes and we we're playing this really weird old theater and it was just like a really cool setting to hear this song at the end of the tour mm-hmm. for the first time this totally bizarre 
theremin song. It was super beautiful and it was really cool. So, uh, yeah, it was a really cool experience. I thought she was just singing. When I first heard it, I was like, "Why does her voice sound so weird?" Yeah. And then I real, and then I was like, looked at some of the YouTube videos. I was like, "Oh, whoa, she's playing a theremin, sick!" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, that's some shit to like look at the moon too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> On a cold like winter day, just mm-hmm. kind of like looking outside. I love that kind of stuff because I would. I would search that when I started collecting records more when I was younger, I would definitely look for, I would just buy anything, you know? So if the cover looked cool or it, I saw that there was like a, a cool, like if I saw a record that would be like, oh yeah, a theremin on it, I'd probably be like, okay, well let me see what this is about. Yeah. And, um, and I don't do that as much anymore as I've like gotten older. I've kind of like my taste, they haven't narrowed, but like what I'll spend re- money on. And mm-hmm. I don't like go to the thrift store and look at for records anymore. Cause it's like kind of like a waste of time most of the time. Right. But, um, yeah, like this kind of stuff, especially like the, like the kind of like traditional, I guess like a classical kind of arrangement, piano arrangement or something mm-hmm. like, yeah, she's playing a classical song. I, I forget the, I think it's called Swan. I, I think Swan, it's yeah, either yeah. Mozart the or Swan. Bach. But I am not well versed in classical music, so I can't say for sure. You know, I need to get back into classical oh, music. God bless you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> this little dog's making tons of cameos on this uh, podcast, man. Yeah, gross. <laughs> yeah, that's a dog's not. All right, so yeah, but yeah, like I I used to li- like take the time out to listen to more music that's a little like out of my regular trajectory mm-hmm. which uh i need to get back into and that's kind of what the one of the reasons for this podcast is so i can just learn about new music you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's like yeah, yeah. come on over let's have a have a beer and talk about music and it's not about like knowing everything about the music it's more like what does the music inspire like what kind of conversation and what kind of stories does like listening to the music inspire right it's more like let's chat and then hear a cool song, and yeah. then let's chat, you know? Instead of be like, okay, and this was recorded in 1977, <laughs> and uh, burr, 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 you know? Yeah. Fuck all that shit. Mm-hmm. This is the anti-music nerd podcast. <laughs> uh, so we're getting, going back back to the country vibes. Gl- little Glenn Campbell. I never Yo, really man. fuck with Glenn Campbell. I got a good oh, Glenn Campbell, Bobby Gentry record. It's like Bobby Gentry, Glenn Candle, wow. Campbell... Um, Collabo. I think it's a pretty pretty common record, but cool. I've never heard um, it. Yeah, it's good. Do you ever fuck with Bobby Gentry? Uh, no, she really. is amazing. You know the um, she did that song Fancy. Fancy, don't let me down. Okay, she did kind of like some country funk kind of jams, and then um, the one her most famous Ode to Billy Joe is her is her most famous track, I think. But the B side of that. Um, it's like it's called like something Mississippi or something is great. Bobby Gentry, anybody out there, if you want to hear some good country funk, listen to the song "Fancy" from Bobby Gentry and or um the other side of "Ode to Billy Joe." I can't remember the name. Of it. <laughs> I I DJ the song all the time. 
That's how fucking how much of a stoner I am. Like I can't even remember songs that I play like on a regular basis. Well, when you remember, let me know. I will. I will. Um, but yeah, Glenn Campbell, "Roll Me Easy." Would you Would you find out about old Glenn Campbell? Because some of us, I mean, obviously he did "Rhinestone Cowboy." Yeah. Oh God. Which is a, a jam. Song. Fuck! I should have put that on the list. Which is a jam. Rhinestone. Ca- Another great karaoke song. Done that one several times. Yeah. Nobody yeah. knows it, but it's still great. Really? Nobody. Well, knows it? you know, like typical karaoke crowd won't know that song, but. It's fucking great. They stepped their game up, man. Yeah, for sure. But Glenn Campbell, man, uh, there's a lot to be said about that guy. Well, the song that turned me on to him was Gentle on My Mind, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fantastic song. You should all check out immediately. Um, but he... His gentle on My Mind? Gentle on My Mind. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty standard one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I've that, heard that I think, one before. I think that was his biggest hit. Okay. But the dude was just amazing. He's got a beautiful voice, uh, and uh, he, he played guitar like a champ. And he was in the Wrecking Crew. He was in the Wrecking Crew. He was crew. in the Wrecking yes, Crew. Yes, yes, I he, forgot about he that. He played on a lot of 60s hits. A yeah. A ton of them. Um, and uh, he worked with some fantastic songwriters like Jimmy Webb. Jimmy Webb wrote uh, Roll Me Easy. Uh, okay. As well as uh, like Wichita Lineman. Motherfucker wrote a hell of a song. Wichita Lineman when he was 21 years old. That's Give me awesome. a break. That's unbelievable. So, like, Glenn Campbell is just through and through, I think, one of the best musicians of the era. And uh, it's that's it's another one that why. you find, like, you'll find Glenn Campbell records in any thrift store you go to. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, they're they're rampant. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't flick seven records without seeing one. But, oh, back to this Bobby Gentry track, Mississippi Delta. Okay. That shit is Fire. Cool. So good. I'll check it. But yeah, um yeah, I forgot that he was in the wrecking crew. He was. You seen that doc? Hell yeah, I did. Yeah, it was good. It was huh? fantastic. Yeah, I loved it. Was it was really good. I it looked like it was like filmed in the nineties or like they made it in the nineties and then it took this long. Oh yeah, didn't wasn't it like the licensing thing was like that they were having difficulty licensing it? Well, how many songs, the songs? they had to license, yeah. you know? It's just like the And hits too, like mm-hmm. That's probably hits. really expensive. Yeah, <laughs> just just like with Standing in the Shadows of Motown. And mm-hmm. It was the same kind of documentary yeah. about the wrecking crew of Motown, mm-hmm. the, the Funk Brothers. You mm-hmm. know? Same thing. It, it took forever for them to get all these songs through. Um, but yeah, it's an awesome documentary. And I think I think they did start filming a, a long time before it finally got released because a lot of those dudes died by the, yeah. time, by the time it was out. <clears throat> Yeah, it's good stuff, man. That's the cool. Uh, that's that's the cool thing about like the information age, you know, like obviously in m- the music nerd world, all that kind of stuff was known. Like you know the the various backstories of the the people behind the scenes, and you know like like what was it like? Wasn't it like um like for stacks? It was like the the MGs were kind of like yeah. The the, uh, the backing band on a lot of stuff yep, and like that's exactly what it was. You know you don't you know when you back in the day you'd have liner notes, but it wouldn't be like you wouldn't get all the information. And and now that we have just this wealth of information, and we can just tap on a button and like find out the backstory of this one song and like the yeah. crazy you know like the mythology behind it and stuff is just so. I'm grateful for it. Oh man, it's so it's so nice. It makes for such a richer listening experience. You know? And you can know about it. Yeah, but there there is an aspect of, of it that kind of like a lot of stuff gets lost in the shuffle too. You know, like like maybe you hear a great song and you're like, oh, that's a great song. But then 
you just forget about it because there's something new. Like at yeah. every turn, right. it's just like you're just like, oh my god, just like getting hit with all this like new information. Right. So I guess that is a a, a negative side to it, but I love being able to just click on a button and discover this new information about some beautiful music. Mm-hmm. It's kind of usually a, it's pretty much all I use the internet for at this point. Yeah. Sounds like jerking off. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this is, uh, Glenn Campbell, Roll Me Easy. Let's check it out. I am just a vagabond, a drifter. Campbell, Roll Me Easy. What were you saying about that track, Pat? I was just saying, that in this song, you can really hear where like contemporary country uh, took a lot of notes from, mm-hmm. from dudes like Glenn Campbell and songs like this. Uh, I think particularly uh, one part of the song that sounds really contemporary to me is the a little breakdown where it's just like the foot stomping. Classic dropout. Yeah, kick drum. Get the crowd, get the crowd in it. Yeah. And yeah. Then he, and then Call he, response. Exactly. And he's just, you know, you know, he's like, I said, roll me easy. And that's like where people start like pumping their fists and like cracking up. Those fucking Budweiser's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that part, you know, it's like somebody takes a fresh pinch of dip, you know. <laughs> That's that's that part. Of the song. That's when the rebel flag comes out. <laughs> exactly. Fuck yeah, buddy. 
<laughs> oh, it's silly. It's but uh, yeah, I mean, that is, it's kind of, that, that is the time. And I mean, for me, like, I, I love it when songs open up like that. Just as someone who samples music, like, if you just got a floor tom going and like a maybe a bass note or something, mm-hmm. like, sample that right up, you know? Like, that's just <laughs> like, it's like, you know, you get all the space of the song. I love it when the drums open up because you can hear the space. You can hear the drums, the room the drums are in, like mm-hmm. how they're recorded. Like, And speaking of which, this next track that we're going to listen to, Segway, um, the drum sounds on this track. This Cornelius Brothers with Sister Rose, Too Late to Turn Back Now. That opening just roll in um, is... You can just hear the like compression and the tape on that shit, and it just sounds so beautiful. Those two, those first two snare hits, man, are so yeah. crisp. It's just love it. That's that's my favorite. Like what? I don't even know. I guess it's like compression and, and tape saturation uh, is one of the things with like older drums that you can really you can really hear. They really mm-hmm. pick up, and it really like that tape saturation. It just kind of crunches it. Yep. Oh, love it, man. It sounds so cool. Yeah, vacuum sealed. You know, it's just. Perfect. Where'd you hear this track? Working at the goddamn, uh, <laughs> the, what's the Tuesday night jam? Oh, uh, uh, the slow jams. jams? Yeah. This is definitely like some low rider fucking. Yeah. I mean, this is just one of the songs. My dad had the radio on 24 seven, even at night. So mm-hmm. that the cat could had something to listen to while I was sleeping in the garage. It's a groovy ass cat. Dude. Yeah. Oh, the cat what was your dope. cat's name. Susie. 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 Groovy Susie. Groovy Susie. She was a big fat cat. She would drool. She was pretty stupid, but she was really <laughs> friendly and was always listening to oldies. Ninety nine seven KFRC, Golden Oldies. Yeah. Um, and this was just, well, you know, one of those songs. This was like a big. This was a big hit. You know. So this was on heavy rotation, on the radio station. This is just a song mm-hmm. I've heard my whole life. Yeah, it's a it's a classic for sure, and it's been a while since I've actually heard it. But it it did when I when it played, I was like, oh yeah, this makes me want to go to slow jams. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> those those strings, man, just they like. That's one of the best DJ nights in San Francisco. I think absolutely. It's like the music. I played there a couple times. I remember I pissed uh, Primo off one time because I oh, played no. a Rolling Stones song. He got mad at you. He was just like, what? Uh, and I was like, it's a slow jam, baby. <laughs> I was, I mean, it was, I think it was like maybe one of the last songs I played and it, I was drunk as shit. And so funny. I was like, I'm playing the Rolling Stones. I don't care. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, that's, that's like my favorite kind of soul at this point. Like a lot of the soul that I collected throughout the years, cause I used, you know, I used to work at Rookie Ricardo's and right. I mean, amassed quite of a collection of, of 45s working there but and you know i'd always try to get like stuff that is for people to dance to and when i'm djing and then i was just like there was just something clicked and i was like why like there's all this good mid-tempo shit that's just groovy and mm-hmm. like you still dance to it but it's not like speed written like northern soul kid yeah. vibes you know <laughs> it's like it's like let's get fucking funky and groovy and i think this is a perfect example of that this is like slider hand up your girl's leg music kind of <laughs> stuff, you know, like you're sitting in the car and you're just you're <laughs> holding thigh music. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is Cornelius brothers with sister Rose and too late to turn back now.
up man come on don't you got something to do you gotta go be productive dude i guess so i need a drink i've been sleeping that's one one perk about not drinking for a while is you sleep like a baby really oh yeah been sleeping like a fucking champ what after the first week and you can't sleep because sometimes you stop drinking and you like you're like tossing and turning in bed like why am i still up watching netflix right now yeah yeah yeah, well, um, yeah, you know, do that too. But I feel like just once you finally you get, get deeper sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get more restful sleep for sure. That's all. I mean, like, yeah, like nights, especially like if you're drinking and then you eat like late night, you eat some shit and you just get the wackest sleep. Yeah, like crazy ass dreams and shit <laughs> yeah. like apocalyptic visions with pepperoni pizza floating around in your stomach <laughs> with tequila. It's a horrible thing that we do to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Proud of you, man. Thanks. But yeah, that was Cornelius Brothers and Sister Rose. Too late back to too late to turn back now. That's such a jam. Yeah. I uh what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something, but then I forgot. What you got? Uh well, I mean that song 
Well, it's also good for karaoke. If you guys are still looking for karaoke songs, it's uh, something. Pat about- McDonald's karaoke. Uh, you should you should have that as a Twitter account, dude. Your karaoke suggestions. You could just tweet out your best karaoke <laughs> suggestions. People could tweet at you like when they're at the place. Oh yeah, and you'd be like, oh, actually, well, if they got this, blah blah blah. Yeah, that's a good idea. That'd be cool. That yeah, could be my new thing. Um, yeah, man, it's a great tune. The 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 strings really tie it all together, and that's one thing that feels really like out of my reach and my talent as a musician. But but man, if I if I just not only if I had the access to a string section like that, but if I knew how to write parts like that for strings mm-hmm. to complement songs like that, uh, that that's really something. Um, Just got to talk to girl Dylan. Yeah, I guess maybe I should. She's, I mean, she's done st- strings arrangements on like OCs and some stuff like, like a bunch of stuff. She's a, she's a G with the strings. Yeah. Well, she might be one to talk to about that. Cool. I knew she played. I didn't know she, I didn't know she was writing stuff. And cool I'm like sure that. she could. She's a genius. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, I, you know, I hated string arrangements for a while and it was because of Motown. And I was oh, like, yeah. I don't want to hear this whitened up bullshit. <laughs> it's like trying to reach a r- broader audience. I want some grimy Southern style, like greasy soul. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I'm just getting old, y'all. I like <laughs> string arrangements. I want to hear something tender every yeah. now and again, you know? They can be done so well. They can be done so right, I know. Oh no, that it's yeah. When it's done right, it's. I mean, is there really a song with string arrangements where you're kind of like, that shouldn't be there? Because I can't think of one off the top of my head. I'm sure there's plenty. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I'm sure that there was a lot of people forcing string arrangements into songs initially, like when they be were becoming popular and stuff. You ever listen to that like soulful strings shit? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, it was just like a series of old records that they would do um like rock and roll hits with like string accompaniment. It's like it's all like they'll have like a traditional band but then they'll be like the emphasis was on the strings. Huh. Yeah, so they would do like, you know, like Beatles songs with like all string arrangements and stuff oh, like that. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. It's it's some cool stuff. Some of it gets a little tacky, but mm-hmm. um for the most part, it's pretty pretty interesting, at least. I just love all those old novelty things. They were just trying to sell records back in the day. So it's like, <laughs> what can we do? Right. You know, like, what what else can we do to, to sell this song again? And obviously that was good because, uh, you know, the whoever wrote the songs, Still especially royalties. if it was the artist, you know, they'd be getting royalties off mm-hmm. it. But mostly it was just like old Jewish guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but man... Pat McDonald, thank you so much for coming through. Thank you. That was, that was fun. fun. Yeah, it's it's good. I'm still you know still working out the kinks on this thing, so um, it's a work in progress, but learning every time. I'm trying to learn how to just like have a conversation and not interrupt people, you know, you know, or just like want to interject my point and just mm-hmm. like and have it so it's like more of less of an interview kind of format, but more of just like a friends talking shit type thing. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, we'll get there, but thanks for rocking with us. You got anything to say to the people before we, uh, peace out? You guys got anything coming up? This will be airing in January, February. So I don't know if you guys got anything in the works or, uh, let's see for 2017. The farthest thing we, we, uh, have out now that's, uh, locked in is, uh, we're playing a show at a place called the hull 
in Oakland. I'm not exactly sure where that is, but if you ask around, you'll you'll find out. A uh, little DIY space called The Hole. Uh, we're playing on the 20th, I believe. It's a Friday. Of January? Yes. This and, might uh, This might be... After that, but okay. whatever, go ahead, say it. It might, yeah. it might be before. Who knows? Okay. Um, yeah, and that'll be cool. It's a benefit uh, for a couple different organizations that are currently threatened by Cheeto Jesus, like uh, Planned Parenthood, and a couple others. So uh, money will be going to the right place, uh, and it's going to be a great show. And all your friends are going to be there. You should be there too. That's what's up, guys. Support the arts. Support um, progressive behavioral things let support you know women's rights you know all these things that are being threatened right now because it's weird times i think we're gonna be fine you know i was listening to someone say this uh the other day and they were like you know what their one positive thing might be about trump is that he's a populist and that whatever pop you know if popular opinion he might sway so depending on how much of america kind of like speaks up to be like hey Wait a second. He might actually, you know, he might be like, well, maybe I'll listen to these the people. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be as bad as everyone thinks it is. I am worried for sure about some aspects, but uh, I mean, I think we're going to get through it. Yeah. We'll it's get just weird. It's a weird. We live in a fucking weird comic book right now, dude. <laughs> Should never cut your hair, bro. I guess not. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, well, you need to listen to more uh, Crosby, Stills, no, young, Nash and Younger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They almost cut their hair, but they didn't. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. I guess uh, I'm gonna have to take the Marrakesh Express back to back to the old days. <laughs> well, dude, thank you so much for coming through, man. It's been fun. It's been Appreciate fun. you. Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, y'all. All right. This is Al Lover signing out from the Elevated Transmissions podcast. Peace be with you. Guys, I'm so sorry about that buzz that came through at the end. I tried to EQ the the mix of the um, vocals to kind of cancel it out and kind of muted the vocals a little bit but and muted the buzz a little bit because it was a lot gnarlier before I did that. But it still is completely annoying and my sincere apologies because that's, you know, this is a pretty unprofessional podcast, but that kind of shit is... Uh, uncalled for but i wanted to i wanted to make sure that you guys heard this interview because i really liked it i really like pat's selections so yeah i'm sorry we're gonna make sure that doesn't happen from now on i hope i hope can't make any promises because my gear is janky it's janky y'all but i'm doing i'm doing my best so uh bear with me through the growing pains because yeah you know Shit's not going to be perfect uh, while I'm getting this thing going, but I'm trying. And yeah, that was that was Pat McDonald from Cool Ghouls, part two of the Pat vs. Pat edition of the Elevated Transmissions podcast. And yeah, again, sorry for all the weird aspects of the sound in this episode of the podcast. Uh, it was kind of had to do an impromptu change of location and um not everything went exactly as planned plus that little dog was jingling around and being scruffy growling and doing whatever he was doing he was playing around i think he wanted to um outshine his owner 
He was testing him. Just his dominance test. And I don't know, maybe Pat got uh, dominated by his little lap dog. Maybe not. That's up for you to decide. But yeah, anyways, check out Cool Ghoul's new record, Animal Races. Um, it's out now on Empty Cellar Records. Support good music, support local music. If you're in San Francisco, if you're in California, if you're in the United States, if you're in the continent of America, if you're on the planet Earth, if you're in the galaxy, solar system, universe, multiverse, wherever, support the dope shit. And um, we'll be back at you next week, y'all. Got some more cool interviews lined up. And I'm really looking forward to where they go. I really appreciate you guys rocking with us. And we'll see you next time. Peace be with you.